Welcome to Healthcare Experience Matters. This podcast is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation and is dedicated to transforming the healthcare experience so that every person can receive and deliver the best care. We invite you to learn more by visiting healthcareexperience.org. Hello there, Healthcare Experience Matters listeners. Today we have another appearance of Brooke Billingsley on our show. It's been about a little over a year since she was on our show, and we're excited to have her come on once again. So Brooke will be a featured speaker at our upcoming Certificate in Foundations of Compassionate Leadership virtual cohort that's actually taking place next week if you're listening to this the day it comes out. So that'll be October 27th and October 28th, and we'll put information in the description of this podcast so you can learn more about how you would register for that. Brooke is a healthcare professional for more than 25 years. She's currently serving as VP of Service Excellence here at the Healthcare Experience Foundation. Welcome back, Brooke. Hey, thanks, Casey. Glad to be back. Absolutely. So anyone who might have missed our first recording together, can you just please refresh us on your professional background and a little bit about the current position you hold? Sure. So 25 years, I started out doing healthcare mystery shopping, um, uncovering how the actual customer or consumer patient might be experiencing their care. Um, and that kind of uh, brought me down a path of getting really in-depth and sitting bedside with patients, spent about a thousand hours across the country doing that to better understand what they were experiencing in their vulnerable states, and which really ties into compassion, right? And then um, started doing a lot of consulting and training and speaking and uh, actually wrote a book on service excellence. And, and so now I'm with Healthcare Experience Foundation as one of their lead coaches and going on site and working with uh, individuals, especially leadership in better uh, communicating with each other and um, leading in a way that uh, shows compassion and really care for each other in how they try to uh, work towards their purpose and and that we're all in healthcare for a very purposeful reason and that is to help that consumer patient uh, person that comes into our doors um, by delivering care in a way that is perceived as compassionate. That's great. So I want to preview a little bit of what you'll be discussing um, more in depth at the actual Certificate and Foundations of Compassionate Leadership virtual cohort. And we're going to be talking about the art of being kinder to ourselves today. I think something we can all relate to and learn about. So I hear a lot about self-compassion, but it seems a little difficult to actually do and practice. So can you tell us a little bit about why it might be so hard for folks? Sure. And and I think that it became really evident during COVID. We had a compassion tribe. We met weekly with individuals who are frontline, who are experiencing all kinds of emotions, right? They're experiencing negative stress, anxiety, the unknown, the uncertainty really created an environment for a need to really understand what self-compassion is. And there's um, a misunderstanding of it. It is not self-pity. It's not a poor me. It's really just getting to the core of who you are as an individual and understanding how do you care for yourself? How do you talk to yourself? How do you interact with yourself? And when I did the, this will be our third cohort in uh, compassionate leadership, I really just felt like uh, a minor player in the lineup of all of our speakers, but it became evident when we assessed the group going through, and we've had 300 graduate with certificates in this 
um, that they said that they benefited the most from self-compassion and the realization that it begins with us, right? We can't give what we don't have. Um, and so taking care of yourself um, becomes primary and, and really just having that awareness of what that looks like and feels like and um, what are the different things that you can put into place uh, daily to practice that. Excellent. And are there any other principles of self-compassion that you think are relevant to bring up today? Sure. So when I think about self-compassion, um, one, we think in isolation, right? We think um, this is just me. Um, I'm the one that's that's um, screwing up or made a mistake or or having issues or or we're hard on ourselves. Why am I, you know, why am I not doing better? Um, why didn't I uh, put in a better effort? And so we always think in isolation that it's not um, that it's not happening to anyone else. And one of the components of self-compassion is that we are a part of humanity and humanity is uh, human and the human experiences. We all make mistakes. We all have days where we're not hundred percent. We're not bringing our best and that it's really crucial to understand that in part of that humanity comes that um, point where you have to have that self-talk with yourself to say, you know, it, I wasn't hundred percent today. I didn't, I didn't get enough rest last night. I'm stressed out over life circumstances, whatever that self-dialogue is, it's not, it's not giving yourself excuses, but it's more about being understanding to yourself, almost a conversation. If Casey, you came to me and said, Hey, look, you know, I, I really feel like I'm screwing up on my job and this went wrong. And, and I say to you, well, what, tell me what's going on in your life. And you tell me all the stressors in your life. I got a new baby. I'm not sleeping at night. Um, you know, I just found out something about my father, all of those things that contribute. And as a friend, I would say to you, okay, Casey, give yourself a break. You know, your expect expectations of yourself are really high um, under normal circumstances. And right now there are things that are going on in your life. You just need to take a pause and say, it's okay. Um, I'm not hundred percent. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to perform at the expectation or level that I'm at. And it's, so it's changing that dialogue with yourself. Um, and that's why it becomes so relevant. Because what we talk about all the time in compassionate leadership training is, if I'm empty, how am I going to encourage and give to you if I haven't taken care of me, right? And so it's really kind of a, it's, it's a reversal of us always taking care of everyone else. And then we become last and really just kind of tell ourselves, you know, it's our fault or, or I'll be okay. And really not. Uh, not be more self-aware to say, no, there's, there's more going on right now. And I give myself permission to have this day as a learning experience. And tomorrow's another day. Really well said. And I'm curious, because you've been doing this for a while now, what, what's some feedback that you've gotten from leaders on people who have actually participated in some, in some of your, you know, self-compassion development sessions? You know, I think it helped them kind of take a breath and kind of take almost a sigh, like, okay, it isn't just me, right? I'm in a community of people when they when they participate, we're online, we're doing breakouts, they're having conversations, and they're realizing, okay, I feel part of the norm that knowing that I am experiencing that other people's are people are experiencing at, at different points in their life or career. And so it's helped them kind of recalibrate and say, oh my gosh, I need to take good care of myself. I need to be conscious of what I say to myself. What, how am I berating myself? Am I, am I encouraging myself? Because when I fill myself up, then I can give back to others. 
And it's also helped them pause and reframe how they communicate. You know, we, we get real involved with all of our social communication, right? So how am I communicating on my phone? How am I communicating an email? Um, when do I know to reach out and place a phone call um, when somebody needs encouragement? And am I couching it all with compassion when I do it? Um, in the busyness of life, it's, it's really helping them refocus and look at, you know what, I really need to be conscious of this. I really want to make a better effort at being compassionate in all the ways that I deal with my staff and my coworkers and my colleagues, um, even my supervisors, you know, they're human beings. And so when I go in to talk to them, I'm going to reframe it and really approach it in a compassionate way. And they, they, they have started to spill that into their organizations and encourage others from their organization to come back and take uh, the session with us. And so that's been really positive for them because it's just been an eye-opener. I completely get that. So for healthcare workers struggling with self-compassion or really anyone who's struggling with this self-compassion and being kind to themselves, why is it important to simply just know you're not alone in dealing with this issue? Well, the more isolated we become, the more I think our narrative and the story that we tell ourselves becomes extreme. And if we can understand, I think it was helpful even during, um, even some are experiencing post-pandemic uh, stress that we understand that that there were many who experienced it versus what's wrong with me? Why am I not coping? How come I didn't do better? And so once you understand there's a common humanity and you say to yourself, you know what? This wasn't a good day. I, I'm really struggling here, um, but so are others. And I know tomorrow's the next, the, a new day and I'll start again. And so when we can do that to ourselves, it doesn't defeat us so that we feel almost cut off. It really just um, helps us reset, helps us pause, reset and say, okay, got it. Uh, check. This isn't devastating. It's a blip on the line of my linear life. And I'm going to wake up tomorrow with new approaches, new strategies. That's what I like about the training is that we get real granular in helping you with some strategies and practices that you can do every day um, to help yourself, but also to help in leading. And then what does that look like in an organization? And so it just really kind of helps you reframe and reset to know that we're not alone in it. Now, let's talk about self-forgiveness. I know mm -hmm. that might be important and tied into our overall discussion today on self-kindness and compassion. Is there anything you want to say about self-forgiveness? Well, it's very interesting because I, I'm not a licensed therapist. I've been in behavioral science for about 25 years and observing um, behaviors. And the interesting part is that we're, we will forgive others before we forgive ourselves and we get locked into uh, a narrative about our past, or um, I should have. My I, I had a, uh, a a teacher who was um, a trainer for me for thirty years, who was a mentor, and she used to say, "You need to stop shooting on yourself." You know, I should have done that, and I should have done this, and I should have done that. And we can't. I can't replace yesterday. I can't go back and change my past. I can learn from it. Um, I can create strategies that say, you know what, because of the mistakes I made, I'm stronger today, or I know better. Um, but it's a forgiveness of saying, I'm human, I made mistakes, but that all led to me, led me to where I am today. And that's okay. And I'm okay with that. Um, I think sometimes the perfectionist in us 
Uh, and I'm one of those type A, like everything in order, would love to be in control of the world um, in my little world. And unfortunately, that's not the case in this world that we live in. So it's just really helped me kind of step back and say, you know what? I did the best I could with what I had at the time, and I can do better tomorrow with more knowledge or more strategies or surrounding myself with a community that will support me and encourage me. Um, and I think that's where self-forgiveness comes into play, just to just to acknowledge that. Excellent. And we talked about it a little bit at the beginning of the podcast, and we've mentioned it kind of in some of these answers, but I want to know more about the training We've been talking about the Certificate in Foundations of Compassionate Leadership event. Um, Why might listeners to this podcast want to attend that? Because you will feel great afterwards. (laughs) We have this great speaker that starts out who's a physician who really shares a, a vulnerable life story. Um, and really kind of resonates with everyone on what compassion is. And then we go through the principles of self-compassion and compassionate leadership and organizational compassion. And then we're going to end with a keynote speaker who speaks again from life experiences of loss and what compassion meant in her life. And so at the end, you have built a community of, you know, 100 plus people who are involved in this two-day event you're in breakouts, you're having meaningful conversations, and you walk away inspired. And you walk away inspired knowing that you want to um, have a greater impact on the people that you serve and work with and the work and the people that you um, interact with every day. You want to add that element of compassion because you understand that what's really important in the work that we do and the purpose that we fulfill is how, how we do it and how we deliver it and what it says about us as human beings, right? Um, there's nothing greater than a compliment that, that someone would come to you and say, Thank you for your kindness and thank you for showing me compassion at a time when I needed it most. And it's just, it's a really inspirational time to be with people in a session that is not only learning great principles, but really experiential, which that's the part I enjoy because it's like, what's the application back to me as an individual first and how it will impact my life, but then how will it impact the work that I do every day with my staff and and my leaders that I work with? Brooke Balingsley has been our guest today. She's the Vice President of Service Excellence with the Healthcare Experience Foundation, and we've been discussing being kinder to ourselves. And Brooke, I'm going to give you the final word. So is there anything else you wanted to add or anything else of value that you wanted to discuss before we end it here? I would just say, using my wisdom of 62 years, um, I know that none of us get to the end of our life and say, gosh, I wish I'd worked more. Or, gosh, I'm sorry I took that vacation. None of us say that. But what we do say is, did what I did, the work I did have purpose and meaning? And did I have an impact? And so I get excited about uh, opportunities where you can be a part of a community to learn what compassion means and how that has an impact on so many others. Um, we, we underestimate the power of our words. And so when you add that element of compassion, not only to the words we speak to ourselves, but the words we speak to others, then you really add that value and layer of purpose that we've all all want to have at the end of our lives, right? And end of our careers. And so whether you're starting your career out, I mean, I wish I had learned these principles when I was in my early 30s, as I would have had a lot more years of inspiring others. 
Um, but it's a well-learned lesson and it's a great community to be a part of. So if you haven't signed up, love to have you. Um, I hope you can join us. Um, I guarantee that you will walk away with more than you uh, thought you were going to get out of it. Um, so consider it. We'd love to have you. Thanks, Brooke. And yes, just look for more information in the description of today's podcast to learn more. Thank you again, Brooke, for your time today. Thanks, Casey. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Healthcare Experience Matters. Healthcare Experience Matters is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. To learn more, please visit healthcareexperience.org. That's healthcareexperience.org.